welcome to the Win Daily Podcast. My name is Phil Nason, and we're here to talk PGA golf with Antonio Dark Angelus. Antonio, what's happening? How you doing? I'm doing okay. I got a little kitty cat here who's meowing a little bit too much, but he's just going to have to wait till we're done with the podcast. I guess he will. Well, you know what? Never happens that way. It never happens that way, but it's all good. So how did you end up doing last weekend? Last week was a little bit tough. I mean, that was a beast of a golf course. And, you know, some guys that I focused on, Brooks Kepka, some of these other guys, missed the cut. I had Fowler and a few of my builds. It's just something off with him. Um, but we did we did hit on a lot of our, our, our golfers in the mid-range, and there was a lot of guys that, that ended up faring well there. Uh Rookies, you know, I talked about Harry Higgs a lot. Um, right in our in our in our stuff, we talked about Fleetwood. We talked about Sung J M a little bit, and those guys did pretty well. They did. I ended up doubling up, so I was pretty happy. Um, I had I was in a sweat at the end. I was uh, very close to taking down my first PGA GPP. But uh, Fleetwood and Westwood, they didn't have the day I hoped they would on Sunday. Had they of, I may have taken it down. But it's all good. And, and we saw that a lot of our listeners and readers at Win Daily Sports did very well. And why wouldn't they? We have the best coverage of DFS PGA Golf anywhere on the Internet. Anywhere. I, I try as I can. I can't find any website, a premium one like Win Daily Sports, where we have so much content, so much to offer in Discord with the pros in there helping out, sports betting, our NBA. I, I, I guess I've been doing okay, and uh, it's been pretty good. I mean, but uh, this week, though, this week is a different one. This is one of my favorites. It's the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I'm a big fan of Arnold Palmer. Have been since I was a kid. Got to meet him in Vegas. Got to hang out with him. And he was some kind of guy. Is some kind of guy. And this is a tough course. Well, actually, it's an easy course for them. Easier. It's a par 72 at the Bay Hill Club and Lodge. And it's played on Bermuda Greens, which means they are lightning fast. And... The last winner, the defending champion, Francisco Molinari, minus 12. But the numbers, the numbers there, Antonio. McElroy at 18 under par. Leishman at 11 under par. Day at 17 under par. 19 under pars. My goodness. That's a yeah. big scores. Um, folks can make some birdies here. Uh, it's, it's, it's obviously it's a smaller field than a full stack tournament, um, but... We have a lot of talent in this one. Um, so there's 121 golfers. That means uh, with 65, top 65 in ties making the cut, that's at least 54% of the field. So you have a little better chance, and you can take a few more risks uh, when you're building your lineups this week, especially towards that bottom end of the pricing. And I highlighted in my article a lot of guys in that range that you can look at especially if you're building multiple lineups, which I really think is the way to go this week. Yeah, I think multiple lineups is the way to go almost every week. Because, you know, it's like tennis. It's not the same guy every week. 
that's doing the damage, and that's a good thing, I guess. Um, the the prices are pretty high. Um, at DK nine thousand dollars and up, you got Rory McIlroy at eleven thousand eight hundred. Is he a fade? At He's the price. <laughs> at He's the price. Uh, I even at eleven eight, there's enough value here where you can make him fit, no problem. I mean, he's the turning favorite for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, he's won here, and he's been playing some of the best golf of, golf of his career. He's got six straight top five finishes. Um, he's five for five at Bay Hill, and he's got a he's got a scoring average uh, under seventy, like sixty nine point four in this twenty rounds. So he's not a fade this week. Uh, I'd love to be able to do it, but he's going to make the cut. He's going to be around. Last year, he shot a sixty four in the final round. Um, or the year before he shot at 64 in the final round. Um, Molinari actually shot at 64 in the final round last year to win, too. They both came from behind. So if he's around, he's going to be making birdies, and that's really what you're looking for here. Birdie or better is one of the focus stat categories that we have listed, along with a bunch of other things. And It doesn't matter what model you run or what range you're looking at. Um, Roy McIlroy ends up as the top golfer in just about any model you run, whether it's strokes gained, off the tee, strokes gained approach, anything. He's he's kind of um, elite in just about every category we're looking at this week. So no, I'm gonna I'm gonna be well over fifty percent shares of Rory. You know, in sports betting, they say fade the public. That means fade the most popular. And man, that's a lot of money there. Eleven thousand eight hundred bucks for a yeah, GPP. I can in, for a GPP. I can fade him for sure. Yeah, but no, but if he comes to Let's say he comes in at twenty five percent, right? Mm -hmm. um, just all you need to do is get ahead of that. All you need to do is be at fifty or sixty percent, and he's fine. I mean, sure, yeah, there's there's a chance he doesn't finish in the top five, but the odds are actually low that he doesn't finish in the top five. I mean, that he's he's done that here multiple times. He's great in his last. I just don't really see a part of his game that says, "Oh, I'm going to get rid of of, of McElroy this week." There's nothing really about this golf course. Uh, it's not like last week where it's this beast of a course that could knock out some of these top guys. I think we have to look to talent. And this week, I, there's no way I'm fading Rory. Okay. Because I seem to think that Hideki Matsuyama is probably a better play at 10,600 for some reason. Well, but he hasn't played well here, right? So right. that's the other thing you have to kind of worry about. He's never even had a top five at this golf of course, so, so it could be something about this venue. Um, and when you look at some of the guys in the top range, there's almost something about each one of these guys that we that sticks out. Uh, Xander Shoffley's at 10K even, and he doesn't really play much golf in Florida. Um, he, he, he's great, and he finishes really great in my model. Like, he should play well here, but maybe there's just something about these golf courses he doesn't like, these Florida courses. I mean, there's plenty, hashtag avoid Florida – isn't a hashtag for no reason. So maybe he's just, he's scared. Or maybe he um, just doesn't feel comfortable there. Or maybe yeah. his family doesn't like it there when he brings them. He, or yeah, who you knows? never know, right? DeShambo, DeShambo. I like the price on DeShambo at 10-4. Um, you know, if, 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 if you really, if you, if you can't play Rory at 11-8, I mean, you can save 1400 bucks and play DeShambo. And, you know, he's, he's really kind of, Figuring his, his, his new body out, right? Right. He's got the game to dominate here. He hasn't missed a cut in, in his three tries here. And uh, he has solo second in 2018. 
he used to struggle a little bit with those longer holes, but they're less of a problem now that he's acquired some extra distance. And, you know, he's notched top 15 finishes in six of his last eight tournaments. So DeChambeau's a guy coming in hot, and he, he, he fits in well here. But um, let's move on down a little bit lower to a couple of the other studs. Um, sub-9500. Sub I love Kepka this week because nobody's going to be on him. And I love Reed. I love Patrick Reed because how can you fade the guy at this point? Well, you can't. And that's just it. See, that's why, see, this is one of the reasons why I may fade Rory McElroy and, and go down, move down to this notch with Patrick Reed, maybe Tommy Fleetwood, maybe Adam Scott. I know people are down on Ricky Fowler. He's had a tough time, but maybe he comes back this week. Yeah. And, and Ricky's a guy who excels in a couple areas, but overall on the model does not fare well. Like when I look at this, Rick, Ricky's, Ricky's down pretty far, um, which was surprising. But uh, something's off with his game. I, you know, he, he was working on a new swing, and I think part of that is the issue because uh, he, really, he had a really bad Thursday last week. Friday he hit the ball a little bit better and came back and made a few birdies. So he is a guy to look at because he fared well on Friday. He missed a cut, but he did kind of play a lot better golf on Friday, and maybe that's something to build on. Yeah, we'll have to see. I'll have to wait and see. we still got a couple days. And remember, this is a 5 a.m. stoppage, basically. We need to have our rosters in by 5 o'clock in the morning. It's a lock at 5 a.m. Holy cow, another early, early Florida day. Yeah, and um, so last week I actually did most of my roster stuff before I went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, and I didn't go to sleep till around two a.m. So I was working on last minute lineup uh, changes, and I was just making sure that I all my ownership percentages kind of fell in line with what I was targeting. Um, so I, you know, would type in the player's name in that little search criteria on DraftKings, and then count up the number of stuff I had. I didn't download everything because I only had, I had 20 lineups. Okay. Um, I, and I, and I, cause I did the, the 20 max on the $3 and the $1. Okay. And, uh, unfortunately it didn't work out this week, but again, not, I didn't lay out a ton. So it, it, it seemed to work out. Uh, it seemed to have to work out as, as well as a could of <laughs> considering I, I, I missed and, and I only had, I think one or two, with six out of six out of those 20. Um, this week, I'm hoping for a lot better percentages, and I think we're going to get it because we're looking at about 50% of the field making the cut. So, Well, yeah, you got a better chance. Tony Fanu, he's not in bad shape here for this tournament, and at 8900 on DraftKings, that might be viable, right? Yeah, Fino's a good price. Um, he's, he excels on those long par fours and fives, and his strokes game approach is good. Uh 200 yards plus approach numbers are also good because he's pretty good with his long irons. And he skipped the Honda Classic, so he might not be on everybody's radar. Uh, sometimes that helps if the guy doesn't play the week prior uh, to keep their ownership a little bit down. And another guy right there in that same range is Henrik Stenson. Right. Um, I mean, we can't really call him a sleeper, but he, he's really been off the radar since winning the Hero World Challenge in, in December. And he's another guy. He's a great ball striker. And he kind of checks a lot of the boxes we're looking for at Bay Hill. He's had also had a couple of top five finishes here, which helps. 
Well, that helps a lot. I like Henrik Stenson probably more than I like Fano. Um, and then we've got Ann, who is uh, 8,700. That's Hunt Ann. I think I may have to let him slide. I don't know, man. I, I know, I'm never right about him. Well, last week, we, you know, there was a lot of folks fading Ben Ann because of his because his ownership was going to be up. And then what happens when that everybody starts talking about fading him and then ownership goes down and he ended up coming back, making the cut and having a decent finish. Um, so he's one of those guys who's good tee to green. And, you know, if you can avoid some of these landmines here, which includes long rough, really long, thick rough here and water, which appears on about half of the holes. Once he's in position for the weekend, I think he could do well. Matthew Fitzpatrick is the runner up from last year. $8,500. I think I'm going to have a few uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick's in my lineups. Yeah, I play him a lot. So I have to kind of like catch myself and show some restraint because I end up like I'll, I'll just start putting him in every one of my lineups. And before I know it, he's like 40% ownership for me. So I got to make sure that I'm still at around one out of 10 with him. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'll cap it. Uh, but even cheaper than him, I, I like Terrell Hatton a lot this week. Okay, He's really affordable. He's only 8,100. Uh, kind of similar price with Victor Hovland, who's another guy who has a lot of upside. And he's coming in really high in my models. Uh, Hovland did really well in my models. And Hatton is, I think, ranked 20th overall um, when you combine all those different uh, focus stack categories. And I like the price. The form has been solid. and He's a guy with uh, top five upside. Well, Hovland, he let me down last week, but this is a new week, and I think this is a better course for yeah, him. Yeah, I don't think we really need to focus too much on last week's performance um, because it's because it's so much more difficult, because last week was so much more difficult. Okay. So, you know, bogey avoidance isn't, isn't as big of a problem here. Um, and, you know, bogey avoidance, too, last week I focused a lot on that because I'm like, oh, you know, we got to make sure we don't have guys that are going to make a lot of bogeys. But what ended up happening? They all made bogeys, right? So it, some of these guys who went on birdie streaks ended up coming back. So you have to kind of look at birdie or better percentage as well, um, along with the regular strokes gained and the ball striking stats. Yeah. The, the um, other focus, names this week in that. I'm sorry. The focus stat categories, I forgot to bring them up. Strokes gained, approach, Par 4 efficiency from 450 to 500 yards out. Par 5 efficiency from 550 to 600 yards out. Proximity, 200 plus yards. Opportunities gained. Birdie or better percentage. Bogey avoidance. You might as well say bogey avoidance in darn near 98% of these events, right? Yeah, um, and I would add, you know, supplementally, I would add strokes gained off the tee. Uh, strokes gained approach at this tournament has been about two and a half times more important than strokes gain off the tee, but strokes gain off the tee helps, but we really can't be finding ourselves in the rough too much because that just makes it really difficult for positioning and stuff on the approach. And these greens are hard and you really need to be in the fairway to get that necessary spin to be able to control those approaches, especially with the longer irons, because if you get flyer lies, it's no spin. It's just going to hit and bounce and over the green. And then you're, you're in water or bunkers, and you're going to have all kinds of trouble. Um, not as easy to scramble here, so that's one of the reasons why that doesn't that doesn't pop. Um, one guy who's making his debut here, and there's a few debut golfers that I like here because that 
that hasn't really kept people in the past from performing well here. It's right. not like course experience is a major factor. Is uh, Scotty Scheffler. His game suits this course really well. He's 7,700 on DraftKings, um, 9,400 on FanDuel. And he has top 20 marks in opportunities gained, birdie or better, par fours in that 450 to 500 range, par fives, and even long par threes. Because um, the average par three length here is 215 yards. And he's in the top 20 in all those. Um, so I'm going to be putting him possibly in my single entry lineup core because I'll build one really good single entry GPP lineup that I like and put that in a bunch of them. And I think Scheffler might make the team this year because I – I don't think his ownership will be too high. No, it may not be. I mean, most people are, people are going to fade him, and, and he's still a very strong golfer. You know who else is? There's a couple of other guys that have been talked about this week. Mark Leishman, Colin Morikawa, Billy Horschel, Max Homa, Rafael Cabrera-Bello, and Ian Poulter. Those are good salary savers also, right? Yeah, Cabrera Bayo has played well here. Um, Leishman's won here. Uh, and Morikawa, uh, I think he's just played once, but he's a guy who's popping in all my stat models. So he's a guy to look at. Poulter's a bit of a risk because he doesn't have the complete game that some of these other guys do. But he's really a field golfer, and he gets hot and gets putting well, and before you know it, he's on the leaderboard. So... Poulter's got a little mix into a few. Uh, what do you think about some of these value plays? Well, $7,500. i am thinking Ryan Moore might be real good. He, he finished, what, top five a couple seasons ago there? Yeah. Um, and at $7,400, he's pretty good. And uh, especially for, like, as you suggested in your article, for large field GPPs, I think he's good. I like his stroke scan numbers. The other one I like is... Harold Varner, $7,100, only for GPPs. You can't play him in a cash game because you never know what's going to happen. But you know he made, he made the last cuts. two he, cuts. He's one of those guys he's feast or famine, yeah. Yeah, we'll see low ownership for Varner. Um, Maverick McNeely's been turning some heads. Mm -hmm. He's been impressive. Um, and his last four tourneys, tied for 11th, tied for 27th, uh, and two tied for 5th. Um, he's solid around the greens. His ball striking is getting only out better. Uh, as we move down into like that 7K range, we got Carlos Ortiz. He's two for two here at Bay Hill. Right. Um, and he kind of fares well in these long par fours. Emiliano Grillo is super risky. He's got a lot of flaws in his game, but he's good strokes gain approach. And he's actually sixth in the field for opportunities gained. He gives himself chances. Um, he just has to kind of come around with that flat stick. Uh, his putting's been been bad, uh, but he, he's he's good here. He's three for three at Bay Hill, including a tie for seventh in 2017. He didn't play last year here, um, and going down under 7K after we get past Tom. Um, there's Sebastian Munoz. He's right. making his debut, but he's popping as my like number six golfer overall in my mixed model. So if you believe in data, I mean he should make the cut and he. He's one of he, I think he's like one of the favorites for top twenty five and he's got top ten upside. I mean the risk reward GPP play because we don't have a lot of info on him. Um, but I'm gonna have big shares this week. As an ex athlete and a coach, I believe in data up to a certain point. And, and yeah. after that I, I, I like Sebastian Munoz. He 
he, he's 6,900. He's worth a gamble in a GPP. He's got huge upside. Huge upside. But he's got to make the cut. And, and that's, yeah, that's and the I, key. I think he's a good bet to make the cut. Um, Harry Higgs is another guy. Right. He should make the cut, right? And, um, you know, he's, he's only 6,700, so he's going to let you fit in. Some of these elite guys like Rory and, and, and Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, and he doesn't have carry some of the he doesn't carry as much risk as a lot of these other guys under 7K. Um, but a few other guys, just to throw a few names out there, because you know, you have to consider these guys, and I, I want folks to be mixing these guys into their GPPs. Right. Mark Hubbard, who did really well last week. I still believe in Doc Redman. Um, not great on my models on my models, and he's he he's got some flaws. We know he can make some big numbers. Uh, we saw that he had a really awful um, front nine on Sunday last this past Sunday, and they ended up taking him from like top a top fifteen finish down towards the bottom. Um, but it's going to be an interesting week. So you know, Bayhill actually plays longer uh, than it's like seventy four hundred so yards. All the water and all those dog legs and stuff. The, the golfers have more distance to carry, so so distance helps a little bit, um, but it's more in the in the in the form of these long irons, long approaches, and not necessarily you're not necessarily looking for just bombers off the tee or anything like that. Um, you got guys guys have to keep it in play. And we definitely have quite a few golfers here in your article. Uh, Patrick has his range article up. Seal will have his this week. We have this podcast, and of course, we will have the insight column coming up tomorrow from Patrick. We've got a full, full, full coverage like we do every single week. Anything, any last-minute thoughts about this tournament before we uh, say goodbye? Yeah, Rory's my pick to win. <laughs> um, I think Bryson's probably a good bet for top five. And, you know, it's okay to do a little scrubs and studs this week because uh, there's a few guys that you want to have shares up towards the top. I think Brooks Kepka could surprise this week. Okay. So and I'm, I, I'm mixing him in. And he's developing a little bit of a – I mean, he's got a little rivalry with Rory. I think those two – those guys are going to go over the next couple of years. They might be back and forth with the one and two in the world. Um, you know, we, we know that, that, that Brooks Kepka plays really well in majors. But, you know, these are – other ones, these these like the fifth major, which is at Sawgrass and Bay Hill, other these other big tournaments, Rory really comes up big at these events. So he he does. Um, but I think it's gonna be Hideki Matsuyama who's going to win this event. He's due. Okay, he hasn't played well here, but he has played well everywhere else. This isn't that bad a course for him to score on, and I like him. The other player that I like a lot is Patrick Reed this week and Tommy Fleetwood. Most importantly, though, I like what's going on at Win Daily Sports. We have everything for you. We have five podcasts a week. We have probably eight to ten articles for DFS purposes between hockey and basketball and golf, NASCAR. We've got it all. $19.99 is all you have to pay to be a member at Win Daily Sports. And I suggest that you do. We had a $17,000 winner this week, and we're looking forward to more of those today and tomorrow and Throughout Win Daily's existence. For Antonio Darkangelis, I'm Phil Nason. Thanks for listening to the Win Daily Podcast.